The following show contains spoilers for War for the Planet of the Apes. What is it good for? Shut up. <laughs> we could survive that. We could survive that. We could survive it. This is our last stand. And if we lose... It will be a planet of apes. Hello and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jack and today I'm joined by my simian friend. It's Chris. Simian, oh the flu. Yes. Right. Between all the Planet of the Apes films and Kong and all the other monkey related things, I'm starting to run out of ape related intros. No more monkey films this year. Agreed? <laughs> I'm going to say no, just in case. Mighty mean... Joe Young next week. That's a monkey that film. you not seen it? Nope. Oh, it's a King Kong ripoff. He okay. climbs up a Ferris wheel. Oh, we're doing that then. <laughs> yeah. I think that has Bill Paxton in it. It's been a while. War for the Planet of the Apes, Chris. <laughs> I was going to say, go on. That's the film we're talking about this week. Starring Andy Serkis and Woody Harrelson. Solid film, Chris. Let's get into it. Where do you want to start? Plot first? Okay, what was the plot? I think it's set... Oh yeah, that's it. It's set two years after the second film, and it's basically just an ongoing battle between humans and apes. Caesar's been directing his forces from within a uh, hidden base in the woods behind a waterfall. The humans have been hunting for him, and whilst the humans are out searching, they stumble upon a uh, ape trench, if you like. And this triggers off some events, which leads to one big ape or gorilla called Winter betraying Caesar, giving away his location, and... Um, yeah, it just goes from there. Yeah, so the war between the apes and the, the humans have escalated, especially with the involvement of the actual army, which is is never good. So the apes are heavily outgunned, and when the army does find out where Caesar's base is, thanks to the portrayal of Winter, which is a... Is a albino gorilla? Albino gorilla, yeah. Yeah, which is good. Nice bit of variety in there, design-wise, because most of the apes, they do... They're like... Caesar, aren't they? Well, the chimps are. Yeah, but we don't get many orangutans and and uh, baboons or anything like that. There's do no we? baboons in this. We get two orangutans. Yeah, so Maurice and a young Maurice. Yeah, so it's nice to get a bit of a uh, variety in our apes, isn't it? But yeah, when when Winter betrays them, Caesar's wife and oldest child are killed in the crossfire, which drives him on a revenge quest to try and kill Woody Harrelson's character, the Colonel, who is the leader of this rogue militia of the army, who sort of see Woody as a a god, basically, who's going to bring them out of the Dark Ages and back into the prime of human existence uh, by killing all of the apes, uh, because the simian flu that initially wiped out all of humanity has evolved into a virus that now takes away humans' ability to... Uh, takes away their higher thinking and their speech and de-evolves them, basically, which isn't great because that's kind of what the virus was made for, to stop uh, higher brain decay, because it was, it was obviously made by uh, James Franco to stop Alzheimer's. Yeah. Yeah. So it's mutated <laughs> and got the exact reverse. Yeah. 
No, but it's necessary to explain why in the Planet of the Apes, the humans can't talk when they're like animals just running around. Yeah. What did you find? It wasn't ham-fisted? wasn't far-fetched or anything like that? No, well, it's understandable, isn't it? The, the virus that the people that are originally immune to would... Because it's, like Woody Harrison said, it's it's in their system. It's just it can't do anything, so they're immune to it. So it's going to evolve, isn't it? To try Which, and get yeah. in and infect and make more viruses, because that's what viruses do. That's their sole purpose, is to make more viruses. What do you want to focus in on first? Woody Harrelson? Because I quite liked Woody Harrelson in this You enjoyed this film. Woody in this film, yes. did you? Yes, yeah. Firstly, the Planet of the Apes films do make compelling villains. Cobra in the in the second one is a he's a torn villain he's he's loyal to caesar but because of all of his trauma in the past with human experimentation he hates them and he goes after them woody harrelson he's got a very powerful scene where he explains his backstory and his motivations he's had to kill his only child because the virus evolved and took away his in woody's words made him uh primal so in order to stop the virus spreading, he had to kill his son and burn all of his things. So that's what's driving him. And his philosophy is, I've made a sacrifice. Now everyone else has to. Otherwise, we're all going to be the cattle of these apes, as he says. That's his viewpoint. So it's a very extreme view. But the thing is, he is absolutely right. If this, He's going about <laughs> it in completely the wrong way. In a completely extreme and insane way, a man just corrupted by grief. But yeah, he knows that if they don't do something, that humanity is just going to be cattle for the apes, as he says. Yeah, that's he what does, they become anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what they become in the 1968 film. There, like slaves for the apes. I can't. Really, it's been a while since I've watched the original Planet. Slaves, of the apes. pets, and like playthings. Yeah, experiments as well, don't they? Doctor Zayas does some. Yeah, and, and like they're forced to work and stuff. They're just these for everything, really. The apes don't want to do. Yeah, he's completely right. He's going about it in a completely mad way, but yeah, he is right. He does also say that the and it, the bigger military force that he comes from are trying to work through the evolved virus by experimentation, but he he's confident that they can't do anything to stop the spread of it. And I'd kind of agree because at the peak of human scientific knowledge, at uh, the beginning of this trilogy, the humans couldn't stop the spread of the original simian flu, which wipes out all of humanity. So how is this organisation with limited resources and limited equipment going to be able to stop the spread of this? Because they're the army <laughs> and the army can do everything. The army not known for their scientific knowledge of of flu are they let's be honest well no they but they've probably got some doctors and stuff that they're you know who aren't military but who have survived the flu that are working with them yeah but if you remember in uh dawn the humans are barely surviving they've not got enough power yes but this is the military <laughs> we're talking about you, you don't know what their facilities like i mean no, when, that's when, true. You, when we do see them turn up they look pretty well equipped and everything yeah, they've got helicopters and tanks and stuff. Exactly, still. so perhaps they're they're very well equipped. They could be at... I mean, their base they could have been made out of, I don't know, a medical research lab or something. Possibly, but we we, d we never get to see their... No. Uh, their, ...their place. And, and given what we know from the Charlton Heston uh, Planet of the Apes, it, whatever they do doesn't work. 
hindsight from a film from the 60s. If the uh, the big military hadn't turned up at the end of the film, and what happened to them happened, then uh, they could have still been around. They might have fixed the virus. Do you think that was everyone, though, in the army? Yes, I like to think it was the entire force. <laughs> Doctors as well. Plumbers, scientists. Electricians, yes, yeah. everybody. Just give them a gun and we'll take out Woody Harrelson. It's great. Yeah, last bit on Woody Harrelson. His his end is also quite... It's sad in a way. He he falls victim to the thing that he's trying not to. And it's as simple as picking up a doll with a bit of blood on it. And that's how he gets infected. Yeah. He can't speak, but he's still got enough of his uh, higher thinking left to know he wants to kill himself. Yes, yeah. It's not taken hold completely. Yeah, and that scene with him and Caesar letting go of his thirst for revenge and not shooting him in the head when he realises that he's lost his, his intelligence and he takes pity on him, so... Does he? He leaves the gun there. He does, yeah, no, but no, he doesn't want himself. to do it himself, does he? I would have taken the gun. I'm like, no, I'm going to let you go down to this little beast thing that you hate. You can live your life like that. That's cruel. That's dark. Caesar doesn't go there. Uh, but should we talk about Caesar? Andy Circus and yes. his performance capture. How good was the CG? Questionable in parts. What parts? Because I was going to say great. Really? <laughs> yes, especially the facial stuff. They've well, got that nailed down, haven't they? I thought some of the close-ups on the other apes looked really good. At some points, I couldn't tell if it was CG or prosthetics, but either way... It, it was all CG. I doubt there was any prosthetics. Okay. There were some points on Caesar, though, where it looked out of place. Like various close-ups of his face i don't know what it was but all the other apes when it's close up i was like oh that looks really good that looks real maurice in particular i thought was quite good maurice was very good when he does the uh, the close-up scene when he, they first meet the the nova the, the young child they find but there's a few close-up scenes on um caesar's face in the background where they they just stuck out like a sore thumb to me okay i didn't think there was anything that bad in it but that's your opinion yes that's fine i'm sure on further viewings they might stick out but there's nothing there's nothing completely hideous about the cg and i think most of it's done pretty well like i said the facial uh animations you really do get the emotion that andy circus is putting through and they've, they've had like five years to perfect it and i think they've they're reaching the pinnacle of what motion capture can do so yeah I, i've got no complaints about it you you've got a few bits but that's fine what else war the the film is called war for the planet of the apes was there enough war for you i was happy with the mountain i wasn't expecting any more there couldn't have been much more than what they did because it was it's apes with a few guns and spears against a heavily armed military force if they'd done a full-out war they would have lost yeah, I, th I feel the most war that we got apart from the end, but that's a war between two human factions. So that's... The apes are a non-factor in that. They're just trying to escape. Uh, but at the start, that's when we get um, Woody Harrelson's recon team, including a guy called Preacher, where they attack Caesar's uh, headquarters. That's when the the apes are, go to war on their riding horses and throwing smoke... Uh, grenades and they've got a few guns they're not as heavily armored and they probably would lose if they went up against a tank although saying that in dawn they went up against a armored vehicle and managed to hijack it and or cobra did yeah and used it to some good effect so i'm not sure i think they'd stand a good chance but no this didn't feel particularly like a war movie it felt more like a prisoner of war movie because uh the colonel 
captures all of the apes and captures Caesar and makes them build a wall. Sound familiar? (laughs) (laughs) And that's his plan. He's using the apes to build a wall to help in the defense of his compound from when the main military arrives and tries to dethrone him and get to the weapons that Woody Harrelson has got stored in his facility. So you you think there was war enough for you? You wouldn't have liked one more scene of the apes getting stuck in and punching people? No, because they would have been massacred instantly. That opening scene where they've got the human... But they weren't massacred in, in the second one. No, but they were at the start of this one, though. That opening scene where the, the recon squad attacks the trench. I don't know how many soldiers there were, but there didn't look to be a great deal. There was like 64 apes died. Say there's 20 humans. Four of them survived. I, don't, I think there were more than 20. And okay. Yeah, four survived. There were definitely but... more apes, though. And a lot more apes were killed than what the humans were. Yeah, but that was a sneak attack on the apes, so they weren't expecting Exactly. It. If it was a direct face-to-face, the humans are standing there with their helicopters and their tanks, all the heavy weaponry they've got from um, Woody Harrison's sort of base, and there's the apes with a few machine guns and some spears and homemade smoke bombs. They're going to die. So you They're going to be have annihilated. Liked, you wouldn't have liked one more. One more scene just to give I don't think the they title have, credibility. I don't think they could have afforded it. They didn't have enough apes to do that. <laughs> Most of them are children, for goodness sake. Uh, no, okay, okay, fine. I, I still, th- I still would have liked one, one more scene where the apes really got stuck in and fought for their planet of apes. I still like that line, even though it's stupid. <laughs> It'll be a planet of apes if we lose. Ah, oh, bless you, Woody Harrelson. Bad ape. Bad ape. He's <laughs> favorite ape. <laughs> Yeah, so during Caesar's travels to get revenge on Woody Harrelson, he bumps into a chimpanzee who was living at a zoo before he contracted simian flu and became super smart. And he's managed to survive on his own. And he's wearing clothes and jumpers to survive in the colder environment. I like the cold aesthetic of this film. It contrasts it from the other the other films and... and it's the winter of Caesar's life and it's coming to an end. So, yeah, I, li- I liked it. I'm looking too symbolically into it. That's you why are. I'm scowling. But <laughs> it, was just, uh, it was just set during the winter. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I liked it. I, I thought that aesthetic was good. But yeah, Bad Ape, standout character. He's good, isn't he? He's the he comic is. relief of the film. He is, he's very funny. And he, um, he provides evidence to a point where he's trying to make it when we've done the second film which was we don't know whether any of the apes in the rest of the world are affected by the virus. Obviously, Bad Ape wasn't included in Caesar's original lot, and he's infected. And all the humans, obviously, the simian flu spread around the world, so humans may have infected other apes around the world, which is obviously what must have happened, hence Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, because the trilogy, it's, it's focused on Caesar, so obviously we don't go too far off field and, and follow any other communities of apes but it would be interesting to see how apes in africa or india or other zoo uh, primates dealt with being suddenly given intelligence and having to fight for their lives because the humans would lash out and kill them wouldn't they like they did as bad ape says yeah yeah, yeah i don't think we're going to get that film and i don't think we're going to get a i hope we don't get a remake of planet of the apes because that didn't turn out very well last time i'm looking at you 
Mark Wahlberg and I like that and one. Tim Burton. You're the only one. I don't care. I almost punched one of my friends the other day because he kept. We were talking about Planet of the Apes. Uh, shout out to Liam. He listens sometimes. Every now and then, when he keeps. <laughs> and he kept referring to the Tim Burton one as the original. I was like, you know, it's not the original, don't you? And he went, Oh yeah, it's not. Sorry, it came so close. I came so Wait. close to headbutting him. <laughs> so you're saying for people who have made this prequel trilogy make a new Planet of the Apes film to follow this trilogy you wouldn't watch it I'd watch it yeah but I don't want them to it In could be Planet, really good it could be it could be really shit though there are some films that you shouldn't remake Jaws is one of them Die Hard is another <laughs> Shawshank Redemption is one there's a whole list of films that you of classic films that you shouldn't remake Back to the Future, yeah. Star Wars. And I think Planet of the Apes is on that list. It's on it now because of Tim Burton, but yeah, it's it's one of those that you shouldn't touch. I don't and know. And if you do, I'll come round and headbutt you. I kind of want to see the people who made the prequel trilogy make this, make a new Planet of the Apes film to follow it. The Star Wars prequels? <laughs> or this, Star Wars pre- this prequels? No. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I don't think it would be advisable. And they've kind of finished with this. And I think the whole point of this trilogy was to remake some of the lesser-known Planet of the Apes films, because there's one uh, called Battle for the Planet of the Apes. War for the Planet of the Apes Battle. So I think that's what they've done, because there are a whole lot of spin-offs to the original planet of the apes films including the sequel to the planet of the apes beneath the planet of the apes where humans worship a nuclear bomb and are telepathic oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah so wow okay i don't know it depends how much money this one makes if they make a lot of money from this they might look at it and think you know this is too good we can't leave this now because we're making a lot let's milk it yeah but it's the laws of diminishing returns so look at i think pirates of the caribbean they've slowly gone down in revenue money that they can pull in because people are are sick of it and now i'm not saying people are sick of this because this franchise is it's intelligent and it's got some good action set pieces in and it's not afraid to go dark either it went very dark in this but yeah i think they're done with this film franchise and they can move on maybe in a few years they'll try and do something else in this universe, but I think leave it alone for now. I think we need to remake Dawn. I think Dawn, the second one, was the weakest out of the trilogy. No, I think Dawn was alright. Yeah, it was alright, but it's definitely the weakest out of the three. I'm not sure. I'd have to I'd have to go back and rewatch it and let this one sink in a little bit more before I made any rash decisions, but <laughs> rash decisions. <laughs> You're being too rash. But yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed this film. Um so watch or don't watch or or have you got anything else to add quickly i always forget stuff what did you think about the inclusion of the mute child human child that is that Uh, marie sort of adopts no i liked her she added some good character to the group and a bit of a friction because caesar's not too fond of his friends coming with him first and then having them bring along a human to sort of hinder them but no i i liked her and again i think that's a moment for caesar to sort of again let go of his hatred for what 
the colonel did to his family and go not all humans are like woody harrelson some of them are like james franco and uh what's his name in the second one michael i think something the australian I, man yeah that's was you it. uh was you sad there was no james franco mentions no I, it's been long enough it's so been long enough it's been it's been long enough and there's no way to bring him back is there caesar's not got an ipad to look at any pictures or anything so no, flashback as a, a, a I, I film, think it'd be can forced. Be like, James Franco. No, I think it'd be too forced and shoehorned. So they should have done it then. <laughs> I enjoy. You a want good to make this film worse? <laughs> That's your suggestion. Make it worse. Break up the speed of it. No, I I thought it was fine. I mean, we've got James Franco in the first one. If you're feeling nostalgic for James Franco, just watch Rise. That's my. Yeah, but I know he you. won't survive. <laughs> so nobody survives. It's the ape apocalypse. That's a pun in the film, and I'm sad that I didn't think of it. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't. It's something you'd come up with, really. Yeah, it's a good pun. Watch or don't watch? Oh, yeah, give it a watch. Cool. But assuming you've seen the first two, if you've not seen the first two, watch them first. I mean, you could probably watch this without seeing them. Yeah, it gives you a... it just wouldn't be as good. No, it gives you a quick rundown of what happened in Rise and Dawn, so it, I don't think it matters too much. But, yeah, it definitely has more impact if you've seen the other ones, but... It's a good film. I give it a watch as well. So, Chris, we're not very good at reviewing things, are we? Uh, no, I'd say we're <laughs> terrible. So let's go to... I don't want to say professionals, so let's go to some random commenters on IMDb. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's turning into one of my favourite segments. Randomly stealing people's reviews <laughs> from the internet. So, right, let's get into it. It wasn't what I expected... It was better. Hey. <laughs> That's from uh, Skel Ryan. Ra. Okay. It's a weird name. I can't say it. Uh, a deep, thought-provoking, and dark... Oh, no. That's the reviewer name. <laughs> it's from the dark <laughs> reviewer. Uh, a deep, thought-provoking movie. Which, yeah. It's a complex um, film, isn't it? It's got layers. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Next one does not live up to the expectation or even the title and that's from demont Froymont. you yeah. agree with the title bit i agree with the title bit it's more it's more of pow of the planet of the apes that's what i was just thinking yeah <laughs> but there was enough action in it to keep me satisfied i think if it wasn't called war but it had to be called war did it yeah what would you call it Casual skirmish, <laughs> the planet of the apes. <laughs> yeah. This next one you'll enjoy, Chris. It's from Lucky Joe with a whole bunch of numbers at the end. Of course. Anti-American nonsense ruined it. I think that's the wall thing, isn't it? <laughs> Do you think that's what it was? Do you think they had that entire wall thing there because of that? I don't think it did because this was probably in production way before last year when yeah. that guy got into that that house so no, no names no names so this was planned out way before the donald happened so the donald I, the donald i, I like yeah it. i i think this guy's taking it a bit too personally anti-american nonsense <laughs> <laughs> uh and last one i really like this pun again i'm sad i didn't think about it putting the ape in the great escape <laughs> And that is from all credit to Bob the Movie Man. That's my favourite. Bob, that is a terrible pun. Bob, that is the best pun. Don't listen to Chris. I 
applaud you. Oh my god. <laughs> I got one in. I'm a happy bunny now. Yep, yeah, so uh again mixed I think the war title threw some people off, but whatever. It was a good film. I enjoyed it and that's what counts. Did you enjoy it? Yes, I did enjoy it. It doesn't matter because that's not what counts. <laughs> I don't care. I enjoyed it. Okay, Chris. So this is a war for the planet of the apes. So there are casualties in war. So I've not prepared very well for this segment because I fell into a Google hole in a specific bit of movie news that we'll we'll come on to in the, in the next segment. But yeah, is there any deaths that stand out for you in particular? Yeah, well, I mean, you got the the massacre at the beginning of the film between humans and apes. There's also uh, later on a film you've got when Caesar and his uh, gang, if you like, or his group, are searching a a small sort of abandoned town, and they come across a human carrying a bunch of wood. And he says he's going to put it down. He slowly lowers it and reaches for his gun. Then he's taken out by Caesar. Yeah, he does that very abruptly. That wasn't a smart move, was it? Yeah, I know that was crazy. What he should have done is drop the wood down. Caesar's gone off to search. The other apes are sort of holding him at gunpoint. If it was me, I'd just load the wood to the ground. Hands up. Hands up. Just gone to my knees and be like, you know what? You take the gun off me. Take what you need and just go. What we don't know at this point is he's caring for this young girl, uh, Nova. So I think had the apes known that as well, had Caesar known that, he may not have been so quick to shoot the human. Yeah, because then that doesn't mean he's got to carry around this child. Was that man Nova's dad... Because Nova doesn't show a lot of emotion, and that's probably because she's become sort of primal. Yeah, I don't know. He's got on his neck, after they shoot him, they see the symbol that all of uh, Woody, Woody Harrison's soldiers seem to have, this AO on it or something. Yeah. And it's on his neck, so I think he's a defector, possibly. Yeah, and Woody does uh, say something to Caesar. When he asks people to make the sacrifice to stop the infection, those with children left and fleed into the into the forest to live alone so they wouldn't have to lose their kids or or lose family members that they care for so i think that's kind of what happened maybe this was a, a whole population of those um runaways and the only two left are, are the the man and nova yeah i'm not sure what they're i think they might have been father and daughter yeah Otherwise, Wait, so. if it's not, it's creepy. So, so. Oh, it's not, it's just somebody's looking after her. Yeah, we'll stick to that one. Uh, y- yeah, you can't take out four apes. You no, ju- I mean, you at least can't. not in a position he's in. No, If yeah. he's in a tank, then maybe. And that's what he would do, because the thing is, all the humans in this, or most of the humans, especially the ones in the military, have been sort of programmed to fear apes, haven't they? Yeah. So he's he's not going to suddenly change his mindset and not try and murder them, is he? So that's not good. Uh, yeah, be less murdery. I think that's the survival suggestion we give a lot, isn't it? Yeah, some... Be people... less murdery or more murdery. <laughs> yeah, whatever works for you. <laughs> yeah, depending on the situation, yeah. Now, I want to I wanna get on to the end fight between the two different factions of army survivors. So... Caesar finds Woody Harrelson is, isn't in a position to command his troops anymore and then leaves and all the humans are crossfiring their helicopters coming down and all sorts and then the soldiers on the wall see that the apes are escaping across the the battlefield and are getting caught up in the crossfire and they start shooting at the apes 
and um, they take cover and Caesar's job then because he's behind the enemy lines is to try and take out the wall and he does this by trying to blow up the uh, petrol tankers I think yeah. that are there and he tries to blow them up with a grenade but he gets shot with a crossbow by Preacher who he let live in the initial attack when he tried to kill Caesar and blow up his headquarters. Uh, so that comes back to bite him. That's the saving Private Ryan kind of callback. That, that sort of happens to Tom Hanks where he saves a German and then in the final battle he comes back and snipes Tom Hanks. Don't snipe Tom Hanks! But yeah, so that, that sort of comes back and then there's an ape on the human side called well he's he's called red donkey in the imdb credits that's probably not his real name donkey is a sort of derogatory term that the humans are giving all of the apes that are doing their handiwork and they work for uh, the colonel because they think that they're going to be allowed to live once caesar's band of apes is taken out so he suddenly has a change of heart when he sees that the humans are just massacring the apes willy-nilly He's asked to get a grenade launcher and then when Preacher shoots Caesar and then moves him for the killing shot, Donkey uses the grenade launcher and blows the shit out of Preacher, killing him. And then Donkey is shot in the back of the head uh, by one of the guys on the wall, which gives Caesar enough time to blow up the petrol tankers and take out the wall. So Takes out most of the base as well. Yeah, he does. It's a big bloody explosion so good on you caesar uh what what uh, what do you think of that whole scene do you really want to survive as a an ape racist well could have done we have to but woody harrison says earlier in a film that preacher who uh for some reason rather than using a gun uses a crossbow and he says preacher's a I really think, good shot with it i think that's for in the first scene, I think that's for stealth purposes. So but he kept it throughout the rest of the film. Yeah, that's what it. I don't get. Maybe that's his weapon of choice. Maybe they're low on bullets and stuff. And so hey, you're good with a crossbow, and we've got a few crossbows instead of you using a gun. Use the crossbow. Yeah, and then that frees up a gun for someone else who can't use a crossbow. Maybe in early in the film, Woody Harrelson says preachers a good shot with it. So when he shoots Caesar as he's about to, as he's about to throw the grenade. He only hits him in sort of the side underneath his uh, right arm as Caesar's throwing. Could he not have gone for a headshot, an instant kill shot? Well, the body's a bigger target, so if he shoots him in the in the arm, in the in the side, then that stops Caesar from throwing it. So I think that's what he did. It's like a John Wick thing: shoot someone in the foot and then shoot them in the head. You know what he should have done, actually. What Caesar was mid-throw. And uh, I don't think he'd pulled the pin out of the grenade yet. No, he hadn't. So had he waited for Caesar to pull the pin and then shot him, so Caesar dropped the grenade near him and or near the grenade belt, it would have exploded, possibly killing him. Maybe, but the he had a shot then, didn't he? He if he'd have waited for Caesar to pull the pin and then throw, he may not have had a, as good a shot. So that's time that he couldn't have wasted. If he's as good as the legend say is with that crossbow. <laughs> if he's as good as that one mad colonel says. Then, then he should have made the shot. I'm guessing Preacher's not expecting to be blown up. No, no I mean, one there's, is. There's missile, well, there's missiles going everywhere, so you'd think some of them would be like, oh, I'm, I might get hit by a missile. That's what I thought happened to him initially. Oh, but then you A direct right. missile hit. Because Donkey's standing there, he's got the grenade launcher, and he's watching Caesar on the floor, isn't he, in that lock? And I thought... The preacher was taken out by a missile and Donkey would have turned around and started shooting the grenades out and at the humans take, trying to save the apes. 
No, I, I, I thought they, I, I thought they framed that very well. And for for a moment in the film, I thought it would be preacher that would turn on the on the humans because he's there's a few scenes where they linger on his face and he's there's a, a sad emotion in there, and that would have been a, a fun twist rather than Caesar's trying to convince Donkey to try and turn on the humans and instead it's one of the humans but no I, I, I that scene played out really well and it was a good moment for Donkey to kind of redeem himself after being one of Cobra's hench apes I reckon Donkey could have survived this because after he blows up Preacher he sort of stands there staring at Caesar whilst the human turns around shouts at him and then pulls out his gun Donkey could have turned around in that time Again, the human and just thrown him. He could have, but Donkey's on that wall on his own. He would have been taken out eventually unless he'd gotten down and, and run. But again, that wouldn't have given Caesar enough time. Although maybe two targets for them to try and shoot at. Exactly. But still, I think Donkey's... Made repenting. the wrong choice. No, I think Donkey's repenting for his sins. No. In that... <laughs> He should have turned around, beaten the human up, grabbed the big machine gun he was using, ripped it off its hinges, and then used it on the humans. Lovely advice, Chris. <laughs> uh, now, last survival situation that I want to focus on is the avalanche. The plot-convenient avalanche. Now, the explosion of uh, the colonel's base triggers off uh, a, a load of snow coming down and that buries not only the colonel's remaining army but also the invading uh, army which are conveniently all stood in a row in perfect funneling avalanche distance and they're completely wiped out by this huge um, fall of snow the apes uh, being apes managed to climb up into some trees and for the most part, I think they all survive. And I think that's, again, another nod to Woody Harrelson going, you're smarter than us, you're stronger than us, you're more agile than us, you're going to outlive us. And I think that's, again, another nod to that survival of the fittest. Humans can't climb trees particularly well, can they? Can Not you climb a equipment. tree? I can't climb any tree. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I can't even climb a ladder. <laughs> I struggle with that. Oh, dear. Would you like some survival advice for uh, managing to stay alive in an avalanche yeah what you gotta do you gotta take an avalanche survival course <laughs> <laughs> only 59.99 yeah so that's one of the survival tips i found on the internet which is always very handy there's one that says which isn't useful in this situation because they're at the bottom of the mountain and the avalanche is coming towards them but one is most avalanches are started by people on mountains just wandering around and disturbing the snow and cracks appear and the piece of advice i found on the internet is to jump over the cracks so you're on top of where the snow is falling so you're not under it you're not downstream as it were you're upstream does that make sense have i explained that well no so there's a crack not really yeah and then you go above you go up above that crack so you're not being swept down so the avalanche will fall beneath you yes so you're on top of where the snow is falling that's only good if you're up really high anyway and yes. you're very close to where the crack yes. happens and you're the one that started the avalanche yes exactly. yes that's not helpful but you know just general survival advice if you need okay. it if you're skiing i'm nothing if not helpful mm, i don't know <laughs> i reckon they could have james bond it like in uh, The World Is Not Enough, where Bond has an inflatable coat. 
specifically for avalanches. Why not? I was going to say parachute <laughs> off a cliff, but okay. They've not got parachutes, and they're at the bottom, aren't they? I look like there's there's a cliff nearby, though, because it looks like it's a couple no, of No, no, because it's the mountain, and then the base, and then there's a flat battleground where all the fighting right. takes place, isn't there? So well, they're, they're not able to jump off. What I don't get is they had vehicles in that. Obviously, the vehicles would have turned around, and yet the humans They running, wouldn't have been quick enough anyway. I don't know. Because no, avalanches move at incredible speed, so and by I the can, time they the realize, move faster. no, but by the time they realize what's happening, it's too late, and most of them are on foot anyway. And there's a the tank. We see a tank, and that's gone into the base. So that's going to be the first thing that gets would that have been crushed up. by the snow though, or would it just be buried? It would have been buried, and the people aren't going to be able to escape. Oh my god, they would have just suffocated in there or something. Suffocated, starved died of thirst and and food uh, oh my god they've got the worst death yes so don't be in that that's not good and they've got no way of escaping because the weight of the snow they wouldn't have been able to mm. and if they've tried to shoot their way out it would have just exploded yeah so that's not good at all <laughs> that's oh the my worst Lord. <laughs> oh god hold on to something again that's not particularly useful because they're not around trees or anything they're in a, a clearing there's a few rocks would they've even been able to hold on had they got hold of anything yeah and if they had held onto a rock maybe the force of the avalanche would have tumbled the rocks over onto them and crushed them oh god then, <laughs> they would have been crushed and buried while still alive yeah uh, start swimming that sounds stupid but it, it, the movement you're staying on top you're treading water basically but treading oh I snow. thought you meant you find a body of water and dive <laughs> into it sort of thing but What's that going to do? The snow will go to the water. <laughs> that would help. But you, you see what I'm saying? It's the same sort of method, isn't it? Keep your head above the snow. Keep right, your head okay. above water. I'm not crazy, Chris. I don't know. A lot of these things seem insane. Put your hand above the snow so you know which way is up. So when you try and start digging out, you're not digging down inadvertently. Because that's a, a thing with avalanche survivors. They always get muddled up because they're being tossed around and spun around by the snow aren't they so you want to know which way you're going to be surely you'd feel if you was upside down though because the blood would be rushing to your head and stuff not always because if you've been tumbled you're going to be confused aren't you you're not going to know which way is up and down yes i can't imagine not knowing which way is up and down i think it'd be very i think it'd be very easy because you're covered in snow everything you you might not even be able to open your eyes because if the snow is that compact against your face you might not even be able to move your hands, so... If you say... Well, I've never been in an avalanche, so... Okay, we'll <laughs> I've go not got first-hand experience, it. but I'd imagine that's how it would go. And try and dig yourself a little air pocket as well. Otherwise, you're going to suffocate, so that's... Yeah. That's the advice I found on the internet for... Do you think any of their soldiers survived it? One or two, maybe? I doubt there's enough to threaten the apes anymore no if they did survive it was the ones probably who were furthest away from the avalanche when it sort of hit they would obviously the ones up high would have been completely buried yeah decimated yeah they so... would have been arms would have been ripped off by the force of it okay extreme <laughs> but definitely happened if you say so Chris so yeah that was War for the Planet of the Apes uh, I've got nothing else to add on, on the film it's pretty good yeah it's a, it's a pretty solid film does everything it's meant to do ties the story up nicely we didn't talk about one death oh yes caesar thank you yes i knew i'd forget something uh caesar at the end of the film after the avalanche he manages to corral his ape buddies and take them to a safe place 
in the desert but there's like a lagoon so they're not gonna there's a few trees yeah and there's and there's water so they've got what they need to survive and that's where the 60s version of the planet of the apes is is set so he's there and then he's found them a new home and he looks at his injuries from the crossbow bolt from preacher and old age blood loss shock trauma all sorts of stuff he's been through he passes away peacefully after securing the future for ape kind so yeah moving moment chris yeah yeah maurice by his side sort of cradling him through it if you like sort of you know it's gonna be all right caesar it's not you're gonna die but it'll be okay but he's it's like the future's gonna be all right that's what caesar's worried about right except it's now a horrific moment for uh everybody else so like yeah new home oh my god caesar's dead he's got a young orphan son now left alone obviously he's gonna be raised by lake and maurice and stuff but yeah still it's depressing he's the last of caesar's bloodline and given what we know happens in the following films where this ape society turns to essentially slavery and imprisoning humans and that's not what caesar was about was it no they, it's they about get tolerance yeah they get lost don't they which makes you think is the uh the apes in charge are they descendants of caesar i don't know probably not or no. maybe their teachings have just been lost i don't know because i doubt they do sort of like a a monarchy if you like like maurice is in charge until uh what was his caesar's kid's name again i don't know but until he comes of age and then he yeah, takes over the king or that's whatever. not how they work is it? it's dominance isn't it just shows a strength so yeah you get another cobra like ape takes over and that's how you get planet of the apes yeah because cobra was the 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 alpha in that situation he was the strongest and smartest and most ruthless so they do lose their way don't they oh yeah yeah big time but that's not for like a thousand years when they evolve to wear clothes and look like they're just people in rubber masks (laughs) that's years away yeah so yeah good film news time chris yeah someone knows what this rabbit hole is that you've uh you've been digging through that you got lost in oh yes we'll get to that in a second but first uh, we're going to uh, finally get an announcement on who the 13th Doctor is uh, coming up on Sunday after the men's Wimbledon finals. So that's two of the most British and two of my most favourite things. What time Tennis is the finals? and Doctor Who. I don't know what time it's on and I don't know what time it... Because it says once it's finished. So the tennis final could go on for ages. The longest tennis match took place over three days. So... <laughs> Guess the Wednesday in Doctor Who hasn't been announced yet. It could take a while. What I really want them to do is to unveil the new Doctor Who at Wimbledon. Just have him in the royal box. Because there's always like lots of famous actors and stuff that sit in and watch it. And I want one of them to stand up and go, I'm the Doctor! (laughs) Unless, of course, it's not a famous actor. It could be somebody relatively unknown like uh, Matt Smith was. Yeah, that'd be even fun. More fun. And then I want all the other actors in the box to stand up and go, no, I'm the Doctor. I'm the Doctor. And for one guy just to stand up and go, no, I'm Spartacus. Yeah. That's that's a joke. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that'll be fun. So we'll talk about that next week. Are you allowed to, Chris? Because you've not caught up on any of the Doctor. I will watch the last two Christmas specials and this entire season before we record next. I highly doubt that, but good luck with that, Chris. I will do it. Um, yes, the rabbit hole, the internet hole that I got lost in, Chris. Thor Ragnarok has been given its uh, overseas name in Japan. Would you like to know what its name is in Japan? Yeah. It's called Mighty Thor 
Battle Royale. Oh, that's terrible. I think that's an awesome name. That's awful. And I wanted to look into more films that have different overseas titles. And some of them are pretty good, Chris. Okay, go on. <laughs> Would you like to hear some? Yes, I go on. Cool. Die Hard with a Vengeance in Denmark is called Die Hard Mega Hard. <laughs> Die Hard Mega Hard. Yep. Why? Why Why have they got different Why titles? not, Chris? It's like a Harry Potter, isn't it? It's called Philosopher's Stone here. America is called the Sorcerer's Stone. For different reasons, though. In, in America, people, the distributors didn't think any kid would want to watch a film with the word philosophers in. I don't know whether this is like a translation thing or whether they're just renaming them. Just Marketing so th- purposes or something. Yeah, just so it sounds more appealing in that country or whether the, the translation for with a vengeance isn't as catchy in 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 Denmark or other or, or or other places. So do you want to know what Guardians of the Galaxy is in Taiwan? Uh go on. <laughs> it's really good. Interplanetary unusual attacking team. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's less of a title and more of a description, isn't it? Is it Okay, that's all in English, <laughs> but in Thai, is it? I think that's what it means. A lot, a lot better in Thai. Yeah. Interplanetary unusual attacking team. Wow, I okay. do like that. The phone is ringing. I'll be back in a second. Chris, cover for me. Put them on the show. Hold the mic up. What? What did it say? It was a really long pause and then goodbye. You didn't cover for me. I, I was taking know. a very important cold call. You really weren't. Where was I? In Spain. Do you want to know what the Dark Knight is called? Go on. Knight of the Night. Like, K-Knight, and then proper Knight. That's not bad. Knight of the Night. That's not That's not too bad. That's terrible. It's not as bad as bloody interplanetary <laughs> unusual attacking force or something. Uh, you Only Live Twice in Japan is called 007 Dice Twice. <laughs> That's a spoiler. I was going to say, that sort of ruins that. Go on. Uh, Top Gun in Israel. It's called Love in the Skies. Why? It doesn't make any sense. Or it makes complete sense. But it doesn't. <laughs> uh, Greece in Argentina, Chris. Any guesses on what it's called? Oil. Close. Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yep. Vaseline. Go Vaseline lightning do 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 Vaseline do Vaseline It's not as catchy. There are no good Vaseline songs. <laughs> I, I don't think there are. I think we should make one though. No. Yes. Last one, Chris, and probably my favourite. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in Denmark. Oh god. <laughs> the boy who drowned in chocolate sauce. Again, just a description of one of the scenes in the film. Does he drown, or does he survive? He does survive, but there's partial drowning. There's partial drowning, isn't He drowns a little bit in chocolate sauce. Definitely loses consciousness at some point. Yeah. Mouth to mouth by Oompa Loompas. <laughs> that just makes no sense. The boy who drowned in chocolate sauce, or the boy drowning in chocolate sauce, wherever it was. Makes complete sense. And the people are like, oh, cool, we're going to go watch this film. It it's a horror like film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Charlie Chaplin. It's Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin. It's the Wonka film. <laughs> We should do Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at some point. I mean, nobody dies. 
but it, it we talk about where they should have died yeah it's essentially a horror film isn't it uh if you want more crazy foreign uh film titles uh i got some of these from uh cracked the website so give it a look i'll put a link in the description below they made me smile and hopefully well they made chris pull his hair out but <laughs> yeah yeah you had a chuckle but still yeah i i laughed uh do you want to know what mark hamill had to say about a young luke skywalker film they're not doing a, a young luke skywalker I was bif- say, I mean, film sense. before you lose your mind but yeah it made no sense to mark hamill either when he said it'd be pretty boring you know it's set on a moisture farm on a desert planet and then he yawned that question was asked by fandango that makes sense yeah it would be boring it would be boring wouldn't it because they couldn't have any action stuff in it they could have nothing to do with the emperor there could be no uh, ben kenobi there could be no lightsabers there's no learning of the force it'd just be luke queuing to buy a a moisture evaporator thingy i want to go to the tashi station to pick up some power converters (laughs) luke you rake that sand (laughs) you rake it good we ain't getting no moisture out of unraked sand or the atmosphere, they don't get it out of the ground, they get it out of the air. <laughs> this is punishment. Yeah, that would be a pretty boring film. Yes, it's a good thing they're not making it. Yes. Last bit of news, well it's not really news, Game of Thrones is on Monday. Woo! Do you know what that means? It's our yearly, we're four seasons behind episode of Game, Game of, of Thrones. Nice. We could survive Game of Thrones. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Next week though... I want to do the Minions movie. <laughs> God, all the deaths happen at the start of the Minions bosses dying. No, there are some deaths in the middle. Okay. So, do I have your permission to do the Minions movie? Yeah, let's do it. It also gives me a chance to talk about Despicable Me 3, which I also watched this week. So, yeah, we'll do that. And then Game of Thrones the week after that. And then we'll do a horror film. We'll do something scary. Yeah. Something serious. Excellent. I got the perfect thing in mind. We're not doing it if it's a weird French. It's not a weird one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're, we're, yeah, we'll do we'll do something interesting. Uh, Chris, that's it. How do people get in touch with us? Well, you can tweet us at WeCouldSurvive, email at WeCouldSurvive at gmail.com. We're on iTunes, YouTube, Podomatic. There's our picture and logo around most zoos on the ape enclosures. Really? And, uh, yeah, you can find us there. <laughs> Okay, cool. That's it. That's it. The show's done. You haven't listened to Weaker Survival, like your weekly survival goog. Goog. <laughs> you haven't listened to Weaker Survival. No, I'm survival, keeping it in. <laughs> No. Your weekly survival guide to the ape apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yes. Uh, no. Until then, we're going to see you all next week. Until then, keep on eating bananas. Goodbye. We appreciate you listening. No.